From the halls of Heartland in Sun Prairie, Wisconsin, welcome to the Bonus Content Podcast. Thanks for tuning in to hear some combination of Sarah, Jake, Carrie, Brent, Blesson, and Dugan as they wander on a beginning bunny trail, give you a weekend update, and get a peek behind the scenes of all things Heartland. And now, here's your host. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Bonus Content Podcast. My name is Dugan. Carrie needs her headphones turned down because yep, I'm so energetic because I'm so excited about our podcast experience. You all right now? Yeah, I'm good? better okay, now. All right. Yes, thank you. Well, let's start it again. Ladies! I'm just kidding. Oh, wow. Uh, my name is Dugan. I'm here with Carrie and our special guest host for the series, John and Ashley McNary. What's up, Hello. everybody? Happy Valentine's McNarly. Day. McNarly. You also have some today? glitter in your beard. <laughs> Dude, I live. The, the, I'm just gonna say that's why I have no glitter. In yeah, my house. Uh, we we had glitter spill in our home in like 2007, <laughs> and I've it's been there forever. I just you'll walk you'll walk by and see just a glint based on the sun. Be like, there's still glitter. Why is there still glitter here? Yeah. I love that Lindsay keeps being surprised. She's like, I what? There's oh glitter everywhere. I'm like, I you are the one buying it, right? And yeah. you know your kids, and yeah. they are me- they Same make with slime everywhere. With slime, oh, no, she's like, why is there either. dried slime? And I'm like, because you bought slime. Or because you that provided like slime for our children. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No slime, no glitter in our house. Yeah. Here's Legos. Yeah. Sure. Legos. And that's it. Just only. <laughs> <laughs> Although stepping on a Lego, that's I'm like my life yeah. is over. I well, think. my kids got some slime yesterday. They <gasps> did exchange a Valentine's y- yesterday because today's Ash Wednesday with their with their serious girlfriends. No, oh. we Grummer boys are not ready for that. Even Kurt. <laughs> <laughs> but they had a slime. A, <laughs> Thank you. They had a, a thing of slime, and yeah, Braxton was like, "Well, we'll just put this in the trash." <laughs> <laughs> it's like, hey, but yes. Speaking of Braxton. Making oh. his uh, uh, solo, debut. like yeah, solo stage Broadway show this weekend took over. I mean, he he thought he was on Broadway. He, yes. he was amazing. Kind yeah, of nailed thank it. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For those of you that mm-hmm. don't know, that was uh, Carrie's son Braxton who uh, interrupted Ashley. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I mean, I think he needs to do announcements every week mm-hmm. for the rest of Heartland. <laughs> wow! Wow! It yeah. was good. <laughs> Yeah, he did a great cool. job. I was very proud of him. Were you on stage, John? I don't even, I don't even remember. Uh, all right. Well, those of you who are joining us for the first time, welcome. We're so glad you're here. Uh, if if uh, you're unfamiliar with our format, we have changed our format a, a little bit, specifically for this series, as we're in this uh, teaching series called Deconstructing Together, uh, because the topics are uh, just very like complex, and everybody has a lot, a lot of thoughts on them. There's a lot of layers to them. All of it good, but it's it's just kind of a lot. We uh, decided to take over the bonus content podcast uh, and answer some questions that those uh, some of you submit. So uh, if you've not submitted a question, would like to, you can do so by uh, clicking a link somewhere. Yeah, right? if you go to the homepage, there's <laughs> deconstructing. Well, I don't, I don't, I don't. I don't. <laughs> just I, click on the deconstructing. What's the name together. of this church? HeartlandSunPrairie.com. Right. Like when you've looked that up. <laughs> It's not Heartland. It's no. We are Heartland. Dot, 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 okay. We are Heartland. So we're going to go ahead to, if you would like to submit a question, head to weareheartland.us. Select our, Deacon, yes, our series together. title, yeah. Deconstructing Together, and then it'll walk you through. And if you'd Goodness like to sakes. submit, uh, we, yeah, we, we were fine when you weren't here. Um, <laughs> if you'd like to submit a question, you can submit a question based on uh, the week, previous weekend's teaching, based on uh, uh, any teaching from the series, or just a question that you might have had. Uh, from yourself or a friend uh, when it comes to faith and questions and, uh, you know, all, all that. It's all good. We, we uh, operate under the belief that God is not afraid of our doubts or questions 
Um, you know, as I said last week, if he says he's the way, the truth, and the life, if we're truly seeking the truth, we're going to arrive at him anyway. So, uh, so we have actually this week, we got a couple questions, uh, one of which both were great, or, or they were all great. The one question we're going to save till next week, uh, because that topic is going to be covered this weekend, and so it'll uh, fit a little bit better next week. Uh, one of the questions we got this week was so good mm-hmm. uh, that we wanted to devote the entire uh, uh, podcast response to that one question. So uh, as we jump in, uh, this is, again, a little bit different, but it's time for Q&A during our segment, Weekend Update. This music just makes me happy. It does. Da, 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 da. Weekend Update it's, now. It calls for jo- jazz hands. <laughs> I mean, everything calls for jazz hands. That's true. Except jazz. Jazz is weird. Jazz is like, <laughs> if you want to listen to music but have no idea what's going on, here's some jazz. Well, I don't know about that. Do you understand jazz? No, it's but calming. do you understand? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I listened to Deftones White Pony album just the other day. Okay. Really calm me down. All right. Okay. Weekend update. Weekend update. So this uh, this past weekend, uh, John, you spoke about uh, just a couple easy softball topics. Uh, hypocrites, politics, and uh, moral failures of leaders in the church. Uh, it was so interesting, so fascinating, such great perspective. Uh, Carrie, you have some notes on John's teaching? Oh, I did. I thought it was such a great teaching, but um, obviously, since he's right here, I thought it was really great. <laughs> it was like well, the best teaching the best ever. You. The yeah. best teaching um, ever. But there was a couple things that just brought to mind. One of them was, um, you know, f- it, you said, focus on Jesus, not the people who want to be like him. And, I, you know, I follow a ton of... Um, leaders in different churches and just Christian leaders overall. And sometimes I'm like, what they're saying, I, I, I could see people just like totally honing in on that and believing whatever they say is true. Um, I actually follow quite a different, quite a different people that have different outlooks and all of that, but especially with social media, um, just what are like, what are outside of just reading the Bible, but fo- how, how, how would you suggest like really focusing on Jesus and not the people? Because yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. we're all sinners. We all, and people, so many people have been hurt by, um, you know, so-called Christians. It's really hard to keep that separate from your own faith, I think. Yeah, that's a great question. And that's, uh, gosh, that might lead down a trail I didn't see coming. Um, oh. let's go. Well, I think, I think part of the challenge with that subject of politics hypocrites and the moral failures of Christian leaders is the reality that there are a lot of people today who are struggling with their with their Christian faith because of these other issues because of the church they might say I'm I'm okay with Jesus but I don't know about all of his followers mm-hmm. right and so even to get after what you just asked Carrie I think it's much easier to follow people who are trying to speak on behalf of Jesus than it is to follow Jesus Sure. And so yeah, social sure. media feeds us that, right? Yes. Like it's easy to follow a bunch of pastors or a bunch of mm-hmm. Christian authors or a bunch of people who seem to know what they're talking about and they have strong opinions on Jesus and life and and how to do life with Jesus. And so it's easy to follow them and to kind of get our word of truth from them or mm-hmm. the perspective we need from them to get filled up with their thoughts, their perspective, their words. Essentially, when we're doing that, we're following them. Mm-hmm. But inevitably the problem with that is that inevitably they will let us down because they're not Jesus because they are flawed and do still have a sin nature that won't ever go away. This side of eternity. 
when I think the call is to fix our eyes on Jesus, you know, as the New Testament uh, epistle calls us to. And so, but that's harder because that's slower. And that's yes, more, it takes time and effort. Yeah, it's more analog mm-hmm. in a digital world where it's like, well, I'd rather just follow this pastor on TikTok than dig into Matthew chapter five and mm-hmm. Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount. Mm-hmm. But that's what we're called to do. We're called to fix our eyes on Jesus and to let him be the one who's speaking into our life. And he will never let us down. Well, and oh, go ahead. Well, I, you know, I think I also, it's this, um, it's like a catch 22 a little bit of, I do think that there are people that feel called and, and really truly inspired to have a certain message and to mm-hmm. speak on certain things. Um, and that doesn't mean necessarily that it's the universal, like, uh, that it's just for universal recipients. Right. And, and I think, you know, I'm just thinking about my own kids, like the things that I would, that I would look at my oldest and say, Hey, here's things you need to pay attention to. Here's things that could get you tripped up. Here's things that you're the way that you're wired is the perspective. Like, make sure you think about this, make sure you think about this. If I said that exact same thing to my youngest, where she has more of a, like, I want I would, I don't want to mess up. I don't want to do it. You know, Mm -hmm. I would speak differently to my oldest than I would speak to my youngest. And so sometimes we have this heart and passion of like, okay, I have this, you know, pastors or, you know, social media influencers, like have this passion to say something. And they really are speaking to the, you know, the oldest kids in the room. Mm -hmm. And then everybody listens and it's like, oh, that feels like, is that for me? And really it's like, oh no, for you actually. And it doesn't mean that the message changes. It just means, you know, what you would say to somebody who already struggles maybe with this other thing, you might say it differently. I don't know if I'm saying that's, that. Clear, no, but, no, I think that's a really, I think but, that's really so profound actually. Even when yes. you hear it, mm-hmm. I oftentimes think Lord, and I will ask this, I'm like, Lord, is that for me? Are you, do you want to convict me in this? Do you want to encourage me in this? Is this, are you, am I being too lenient in this? Like, Lord, what is this for me? Is this what you have for me? Mm, Cause it's good. not taken away from what the truth of what they're saying. It's just the question is, is that for me at this time right now? And letting the Holy spirit speak into what I grab onto and not just like what everyone has right. to say. It can feel overwhelming and just take it in and process mm-hmm. it before you actually like with our own, with yes. our father. Yes. Like, is this, how do I rather than, Oh, that person mm-hmm. said it. And so that means that I have to figure out how to apply that to me. Yeah. Cause you know, John, with your answer too, I, when you said it on Sunday, it made me think like, how often do I get on? And I listen to those things and I feel good because I'm like, oh, I'm learning more about Jesus and learning about my faith journey. But what if instead of I did that, that I really focused on my specific, very specific relationship and get out my Bible or do actual work towards that? It just, I guess it was a little convicting. Um, I hadn't really thought about it that way before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've always wondered too if there. I think I speak this uh, somewhat uh, autobiographically, where it, 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 sometimes in the in the, my past, it feels like there's kind of a subconscious uh, skirting responsibility if I'm basing a lot of what I'm doing on another person. It's like a pastor, mm-hmm. influencer, author. It's it's like been subconscious, but to say, okay, I'm going to follow their teaching direction instruction or path and if it doesn't work it's their fault whereas what i believe the the what you all just said the more accurate way is to keep my eyes on christ and seek him first but that also means when i feel challenged or convicted i need to own that and i can't go right well they didn't this person didn't tell me to do that i'm just gonna wait till, <laughs> till what they said right. also i mean a big part of it too is that even that message in and of itself that you said 
of uh, I can't remember how you phrased it, but it's like with the politics thing, it's like we we don't worship our president. Oh, we, I got it. Oh, say it. Because um, <laughs> I thought it was amazing. We don't follow a temporary president. We follow a forever king. Beautiful. Yeah. I was like, I couldn't type that fast <laughs> enough. And especially as we're getting into this election year. Mm-hmm. My gosh, isn't that it's so yeah. true. It's mm-hmm. like be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to anger. I think so many, I was just like, I just wanted you to pause on that and like, let everybody let that sink in as we're, as yeah. we're you know, and moving I think into that. I, 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 hopefully I didn't. No, no, no. Well, I was going to say, I think um, to reiterate what I said, I think, I think politics do matter. Like, yeah, I'm, yeah, oh, I thought sure. that I'm was not, great. Yeah. yeah. I don't, I'm not against politics. I'm not against Christians uh, engaging in the, the political conversation. Yes, I think we vote. should. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yes. Uh, but let's do it the way that Jesus calls us to do it, which is to, you know, be quick, quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to get angry. And keeping him as the, right. the priority. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which I was going to say, yep. that message of we don't, we don't, you know, we don't worship a, a temporary president, we worship a king, that message kind of is, is countercultural to the church in a lot of ways, like throughout history, where there has been sort of this pattern of like, uh, the pastor is on a little bit of a pedestal, sometimes literally, where, uh, you know what I mean? Where, yeah. they, where it's like they are looked up to as a higher standard f- f- for hum- human beings. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's and and w- one of my favorite things about our church here is that you all don't do that. Nobody does that here. Right. It's like we are yeah. all on the same plane. And granted, your office is gold plated. But aside from that, <laughs> no, I mean, it's just I, I just think there's there, that's kind of a counter churchill, mm-hmm. you know, message yeah. to, to go don't even look at me. Yeah, you know, I, I, it, you know, you are called to teach and instruct and pray and encourage and to yeah. as as th- with God flowing through you. But we we are no better than anybody yeah. else. I had a whole section that I had to cut out on Saturday because it was already a long message. But I cut probably it was. I only fell asleep twice. Yeah, right. <laughs> but I cut a lot on Saturday, and and one of the things I cut was a whole section on like you know, even me, like, don't fix your eyes on me in the sense that, you know, yes, I think we can learn from each other and grow from each other. And, you know, Paul said, you know, follow me as I follow Christ. Like he, his point was, you know, he's doing his best to set an example that people can follow. But I was like, man, like fix your eyes on Jesus, not your pastors, Mm -hmm. not your elders, not, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. um, and not even your own failures too. Cause this was also talking about just like, yeah, people that we follow might not be all on the up and up making bad decisions. But I I also, when you were talking about that, I was thinking about the, the person sitting in the audience, many of many people, right. Who've had a moral failure or made a bad decision. And now they're like, okay, but now I'm here. Um, you know, I just wanted to give them, I I just wanted to give them a nod or something. I'm not, I'm not Mm -hmm. communicating it Mm -hmm. well, but like grace to them. It's, you know, we're not saying that nobody can have a moral failure. We all probably have, you know, that's the hard, that's the hardest part. I think about even just the Christian faith is living in that tension Mm -hmm. because in one breath we're like, Hey, how we live matters. And it's our testimony to a, to a good God. And so, and, and at the same time, as a faith community, we're like, come one, come all broken as you may. And so, and so it's a little bit of a challenge because even the best of us, we like, we can recognize that sin can grab a hold and taint our perspective and our Mm -hmm. world. And we end up down a path we didn't mean to. And the world would say, then you're out, you're canceled. You don't get to be a part of this community. You're ostracized. And really in a weird way, the church is like, okay, we hold you accountable. And yet also you're 
this is literally our message, which is grace because mm-hmm. we're all broken. Right. So it's just a weird community to be like, hey, how we behave matters to the people around us, but also not, you don't have to behave to be a, to belong. So it's right. like a, it's, and it's messy. It makes our faith and our testimony super messy. Yes. Yes. And it's what I, it's what I love about it, but it also is what makes it so tr- tricky. Yeah. Well, and one of the oh. things we kind of talked about throughout the week and, and as you were preparing your messages is, is so much about uh, moral failures has to do with our hearts less so maybe less so than the action itself in the sense that like a lot there have been so many stories of people in leadership who have had moral 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 failures but their response to mm-hmm. it absolutely was humility ownership confession repentance patience right. all that yeah. and for those i mean we talk about that every baptism all the okay. testimony videos are like look at the hearts of these people like mm-hmm. they're <clears throat> responding to their lives whether it was by their choice or circumstantial with like grace and humility and same thing. It's like the I would I would argue the the it's since we're talking about Christian leaders, the Christian leaders who have a moral moral I don't know I can't say that. Carrie, can you say <laughs> moral, moral failure? Thanks, failure. thanks, Carrie. Uh, who have that uh, and respond to it with like more denial or deceit mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. pride or th- that's where it's like that's a big issue. That's a problem. Yeah. That's yeah. where yep. m- damage not, is done. Yeah. Not People are hurt. Yeah. I'm mm-hmm. hiding. I'm deceptive. I'm justifying yeah. it. Yeah. So it's like just the heart. We're all going to have moral failures on a, oh, I said it, on like a daily basis. But the response to it mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. ownership, humility, yeah. repentance, that's, that's so important. That's mm-hmm. so big. That's Maybe good. not every day. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, for me, it's every day. I, <laughs> I don't know about you Crickets. all, but... <laughs> Like, I, I don't want to look John in the eye right now. <laughs> <laughs> For those of us that sin once a week. Right. Uh, right. Uh, all right. So we did get a fantastic question. Uh, let's talk about that. Who is reading it? Carrie, are you going to read our question? Or I, would you like I, me to? Um, I can read it. Okay. I'd be happy to read it. Okay. Do you need your glasses or bifocals? No, I actually or? have really good eyes. Yeah, that's true. I think I of you often that you're... Yeah. How old are you? 44. 40, wow, 44? No glasses. That's I know it. You're like my Epitome new, of health. You're not 44. I'm 41. I mean, that's pretty um, close. That's different. <laughs> that's Man, those three years. According to my homeschool math, that's saying, three I don't have years. It's almost 10%. Okay. Oh, okay. look at teacher <laughs> right, major here. over here. Okay, all right. Here we go. It feels like I'm stuck in a trauma bond because even though my heart and mind know this is such a good series to help refocus my faith based on Jesus's words and actions, something deep and unconscious is unconscious is causing me anxiety. I feel stuck straddling both the new mindset Heartland offers with the continuity of the Catholic Church. I feel welcome and connected at Heartland. It's a beautiful thing to hear my unspoken questions finally addressed in an open and supportive faith community but I keep visualizing my grandmothers with their rosaries, knowing how deep and important Catholicism and the sacraments were to them. I think that they would say leaving the Catholic Church altogether is throwing out the baby with the bathwater. In fact, they have used that exact saying <laughs> since the Catholic Church has been through its share of awful incidents during their lifetime as well. What are some sources in scripture or tips you can share to help me walk through the pain and grieving process of leaving a faith tradition that generations of my family have followed, despite all of us knowing it was never and could never be perfect. Currently feeling like Thomas or Jonas at family events, but unwilling to turn back now. Whew. Man, I uh, kudos to uh, who sent this in, just because what a 
open hearted, yes. humble. Yes. Like I love the question. You know, mm-hmm. firm, but oh, just what a great, great perspective. So if you guys want to go ahead and quick answer that, that'd be great. I've actually (laughs) been thinking about this since this question came in. And I think um, maybe you could add the scripture. I guess I don't have scripture to go with it. But I think for me, I can feel um, her uh, wrestle. And I do think that there's, you know, I think I think my answer would be, I don't know that it necessarily is that you're leaving faith traditions. I would say you're building on them. And, oh, that's good. Yeah. And I think that sometimes we feel like we have to pick or choose. And I think we can, it can be a both and, right? I think mm-hmm. that there's some beautiful tradition in the Catholic Church. I think people who have grown up in the Catholic Church and have, and who have, you know, I mean, I think the heart of it is wanting to like love and honor Jesus. Now, are there complications? Sure. But that's, but I'm not, I'm also not Catholic. But I do think that if we don't, there's such, like there is some beautiful things I think to think about her grandmother's, you know, practicing the rosary, which is really what it comes down to is not the rosary. It's the devout faith and trust and deep conviction that life lived with Jesus. That's the tradition they were taught. And so they, they did that, but that deep faith is what she's building on. Mm -hmm. So whether that, that looks different, she's not leaving Jesus behind, you know, the Catholic faith isn't Jesus. It's a, it's a, way to worship, honor, see that. And I have a friend who is, who adjusts her faith comes alive being a part of the Catholic tradition. It's really cool to hear her. Mm-hmm. Um, but for, for, you know, this question in particular, for me, it's less of leaving and more of being grateful for that foundation, especially that her grandmother's laid for her. And now she's adding on to it and building upon that with getting to know Jesus in a way that's very deeply personal to her you know, yeah. So to me, it feels less of leaving and more of building upon mm-hmm. a really beautiful foundation and then sloughing away the things that feel, you know, not helpful. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that's would be my. Can you spell sloughing first. real quick? <laughs> <laughs> no, I completely agree. I think that's fantastic. And uh, I think. As I, I think she even asked, she said, some, do you have any tips or Bible verses or something? I, there's no Bible verse that comes to mind, but my immediate, my mind, when Carrie, you read that, immediately went to the earliest followers of Jesus mm-hmm. who must have felt exactly what she mm-hmm. is feeling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's good. I think that whoever wrote this question maybe understands even more accurately than somebody like me who wasn't raised Catholic. I think he or she understands what those first followers of Jesus must have been feeling as they were leaving so much of their Jewish heritage behind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because the earliest followers of Jesus were Jewish. Jewish was mm-hmm. a Jew, and mm-hmm. he was born into a, a Jewish people, and he was raised in a Jewish world, and he the, he called Jews to follow him. But then when he became the final sacrifice for our sin and invited people to follow him and to find salvation in him, they were then essentially being asked to leave behind so much of what their Jewish heritage was was focused on, which was the sacrificial system mm-hmm. and the way that they understood they were called to make atonement for their sins. And so I think of those earliest followers of Jesus, guys like Peter, and John, who they had lived their whole life making sacrifices and watching their ancestors make sacrifices. And I have to imagine there were some conversations with followers of Jesus who were had to tell 
mom and dad and grandpa and grandma and aunts, hey, I'm not going to make any more sacrifices for mm. my sin because I believe Jesus was the final sacrifice and I'm I'm putting my faith in him and my belief in him. I'm finding salvation in him. And they had to be going, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. This is thousands of years of your heritage that you are turning your back on. And they had to wrestle with that and go, you know what? I hear you, but I think that Jesus was building upon the foundation that was set for us, Mm -hmm. and I'm going to continue to follow him, and I'm going to continue to build my faith on him and what came before, but it is going to look a little bit differently in this next chapter for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. Dude, that's so good. Mm -hmm. That's so good. Mm -hmm. Well, in my personal experience, so my in-laws, they're all very devoted Catholics. My husband went to private school, Catholic private school all the way through high school. And, um, we, we made the decision not to raise our children Catholic. Um, and that was hard. I, when we, when we finally made that decision together and had to kind of share that news that, that was hard. So I, yeah, like Ashley said, like I can feel you wrestling and I can feel that tension. Um, but what we have found is that, uh, and actually now my boys go to sacred hearts. So they go to a Catholic school, Um, but again, we, we've chosen not to raise them Catholic. Um, and one of the reasons is because we do find Heartland is our home church and we believe in, in what Heartland is doing and how, um, it's scripture based, but again, it's not, we're not taking away anything from Catholicism. If anything, what it's, what it's created is space for my children to ask a ton of questions. Mm -hmm. Oh, they did this today in mass. We don't do that at Heartland. Why not? Or, you know, um, today is Ash Wednesday. And so there was a big, they're, they're going to a big mass. We were talking about what that really means. And, um, over, you know, the boys are nine now and I can see the, the changes in my in-laws too, that, that we still put Jesus number one. This is, you know, cause it's like, oh, you're going to non-denominational church that, you know, that in of itself sometimes can make people feel uncomfortable, especially <laughs> with the history and the, um, you know, Everybody knows Catholicism, right? Mm-hmm. But it's opened those conversations, and I and I would think that my in laws would now say that my boys have a much bigger understanding of God and Jesus and their relationship to Him than they did when they were children, mm-hmm. um, you know. And they could talk openly about that, and I I feel extremely proud of that. So I agree. I I, I have found that it's built on that. You know, Kurt has a very Catholic strong foundation. Um, we're happy with our decision on not to raise them Catholic, um, but it ha- it had to have a little bit of some you know awkwardness as as we navigated that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I that's all so good, John. That's such an interesting point. I I feel like there's a constant balance. I want to hear you guys' perspective on this, but even just as a follower of Jesus and throughout all of history, there's been this balance between um, like intentional, repetitive action as worship, uh, but that not becoming legalistic. Mm-hmm. And there's, it feels like there's constantly been that, that balance of like, how do I, I, I want, there are things that I need to do, sacraments I need to experience, such as communion, as an example, you know, confession on like a regular basis as I'm called to and because of what it does for my soul. But how do I, how do I not get to a point where that just becomes robotic. There's no heart behind it. Um, and you know, I mean, the Pharisees are one example of that where like they took the, the letter of the law so seriously and they were nailing it. They were crushing it, but they weren't, 
the, they missed the spirit of the law and they missed the heart. And that's why Jesus was so frustrated with them. In my, from my perspective, having grown up in a non-denominational church, I feel like I've seen, been able to see and experience sometimes like both sides of, of that coin. From my perspective, and this is just me, feels like the Catholic church has really leaned into the like liturgical practice daily. And there's things about that that are beautiful. Like I, the way that they you know, initiate and prioritize the act of confession, I think is really wonderful. I mean, there's some details to it that I'm like, whatever, you know, but, but the fact that those who uh, uh, are raised or grow up Catholic have this regular practice of confessing mm-hmm. and James, you know, James saying, confess out loud that you may be healed. Like there's healing just from doing that. And there's so many other churches who like never really talk about confession. And so I'm like, yeah, that there's such a wonderful piece. And on the other side of the spectrum, you know, there's, it's almost like easing into that like Christian new ageism where it's like, do whatever you want. You don't have to say this or be that or do that or you know, it can be whatever you want it to be. There's like this balance between of um, what does it look like to live it intentionally, live it with regularity? Because to your point, John, like all the the traditions that the Jewish people, uh, you know, have grown up with and have continued to, that even Jesus participated in. I mean, the, the communion came from a Seder meal <laughs> that was a tradition for thousands of years that he did every single year, but he initiated communion. But then also new things. And I, you know, I think of, I think of when he called, uh, uh, was it Peter to, to eat the foods that were quote unquote yeah. unclean? Mm-hmm. Yep. And X. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, so this, you know, having grown up with this kind of line in the sand of the Lord saying, don't eat this particular food because I've set you apart and want you to eat this. And then, but then the call of, of spreading the gospel to the world trumped that calling. And Peter was like, wait, I thought we weren't supposed to eat this. And the Lord was like, it's okay because I want you to bring my message to the people that need it. And so much to your point, so much of what Paul wrote in the New Testament was helping instruct uh, new followers of Jesus, uh, like connecting the dots from Jesus to the Torah and to the the their scripture right. to the Old yep. Testament to go. No, look at this is the fulfillment of of this. Yeah. And so it's not we're not leaving Judaism for Christianity. They are one and the same in the sense that this Christ is the fulfillment of everything coming before. But that's it's like that funky balance, which mm-hmm. it feels like when there have become denominations are sort of like, all right, which which side are we falling at? Well, we disagree, so we're going to separate and fall more on this side because we think it's more this and less this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I, you know I've been thinking about this a lot too. I think as Christians, we or as as human beings, actually, we we really it's cleaner and neater when we've got a list of like do this, don't do this. This is what we you know mm-hmm. we can just be like okay, fit in that box. And I remember actually it was in one of our elder meetings, and we like made a joke comment like I was kind of joking. I'm like, ah, don't you just wish that God just gave us just the here's here's what I mean. Here's what I mean by this, and here's the list of things. And I'm just going to be super overtly clear. And I remember one of our elders, Joan, was like, oh, no, no. You know, and I mean, she knew I was joking, but she was like, but that would take away our dependency on him. She's like, then we right. wouldn't need the Holy Spirit. We wouldn't need Jesus. We would just have the rules. We just have the book. We do the things. She's like, he knows our human dependency can be on the stuff. And when we become dependent on him, that's where the beauty is. And that's mm. where the relationship is. And I thought that is such such a beautiful picture. I think, you know, in all of this, even when we look at even if we go back to the hypocrites and moral failures and politics, it's like when we just when we become so prescriptive with our faith. And again, not on one side to be like we want all the rules, but on the other side, it's like, well, who 
cares? We don't, mm. we don't need anything. Like we can be whoever we want, do whatever we want. It's like, no, I think when we invite the Holy Spirit mm. in and we say, we're not looking for permission. We're not like, how, how permissive can we be? Yeah. But also not how legalistic we'd be. It's like, oh, Lord, I'm dependent on you. Mm-hmm. Teach me, show me, guide me, lead me, convict me, encourage me. You know, I think that's where that, that faith is. Yeah, and that's wow. where it feels like Jesus teaching when he referenced the to- the Torah and said, you've heard it said, don't murder. You've heard it said, don't commit adultery. But I tell you, if you let anger rule your heart, if you even look at another person lustfully, that's the same thing. Like That's such a profound teaching because at the time when God gave those instructions, which we've talked about, it was like Israel was a brand new nation, had no mm-hmm. idea what they were doing. And so he's like, all right, I'm going to give you all the details to like be a nation and honor me and govern and all that kind of thing. But then Jesus going, yeah, it, the action is important, but the heart is actually even more important. And so when you do the things, e- even when there's sometimes you have to choose to do something you don't feel like doing, such as, you know, confession or giving or, or, uh, you know, submission or surrender. It's like, even if you're choosing to do that, that's a reflection of your heart saying, I'm going to do this mm-hmm. action. That's not, that's not mm-hmm. legalistic. It's because your heart's in it, which is mm-hmm. the whole point. Um, I, the only other thing I was going to say to this person who wrote this question, which thank you once again, uh, I know there are resources out there with um, other, other people who have come from a Catholic uh, uh, tradition and then either stepped out of that or have learned through it. Um, so there's one book I have heard of, this other one I have not heard of, but uh, there's a book uh, by Christopher Castaldo called Holy Ground, Walking with Jesus as a Former Catholic. Um, and then there's another one called Immaculate Misconceptions, a self-help book for former Catholics. So there's uh, those are, you know, again, one of those I've heard of, the other one I, has, uh, I have not. But I know there are certain resources. If you just want to listen to somebody's story of what they went through and to Ashley's point, be throughout the book reading, be like, Lord, what's for me? Like, is this for me or is that more their journey? Mm-hmm. Um, just cause I think, as, as you said, we're not, it's not like, Hey, you need to cut all ties and eliminate this. It's like, no, that was a beautiful, wonderful foundation, mm-hmm. which all of us had. I mean, we, you know, all of us ha- had a foundation built in some way or another, mm-hmm. whether we were five or 50, mm-hmm. Carrie, and then uh, from there, <laughs> and then from there, of course, God's always going to be like, yeah, we're going to build from that. We're going to build from that. We need to actually take this wall down because I'm going to build mm-hmm. something else. And then we're going to extend and build an addition on here. And yeah, so. Mm-hmm. And I would say uh, to this person, uh, goodness, they're not alone at Heartland. Yeah. We attract a lot of people who have no church background, but of the people who do come with some type of uh, church background, the vast majority of them are coming in with either a Catholic or a Lutheran background. And so, uh, yeah, you're in good company. We yeah. can probably start entire groups, small groups of people who, hey, if you're a <laughs> former Catholic, but now a Heartlander, mm-hmm. or if you're a Lutheran, mm-hmm. you know, be half the church. And what's interesting, yeah. we've said At this least. before, is that, and I would say the majority of our, our express the same sentiment that she did, which is this gratitude for mm. their history, but but also but not wanting to stay there. You know, it's like, the, it's not like, oh, that's terrible. I hate it. You know, right. I think it's, this, right. this, it's this genuine, like, um, respect. respect and, and uh, yeah, gratefulness for what it, what it built and a foundation and some good knowledge and some good experience. And yet there's it, this desire to say, okay, what else, what, what more can I experience? Yeah. What more can I grab? And so I think it's that really, that's why I thought, I think it's less of leaving and more of building on a foundation of yeah. faith. 
That's good. Which feels like that feels like a that's a pattern in life we all experience, mm-hmm. whether it's moving from a job to another job or a dating yeah, relationship. I mean, really, to any another. change. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you look back mm-hmm. and you go, I, I'm grateful for the things I've learned and experienced and mm-hmm. built. But this next thing, although it's unfamiliar and maybe a little scarier, I know is my next step and I know mm-hmm. will be better. And then there'll be another step after that mm-hmm. someday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, somebody tell a joke. Let's uh, let's lighten it up (laughs) a little bit. No, that's good stuff. No, that's so good, man. Yeah, please keep those questions coming. Uh, John, give us a little teaser on what's coming this weekend. Yeah, this weekend we tackle the Bible. I've heard of it. And yeah, a lot of people who are deconstructing would say, you know, how how can you expect me to base my life on what the Bible says when it seems like Christians and Christian leaders and Christian scholars don't even agree on yep. what it says or on what it means anyway. So how you know? So how am I expected to you know dig into scripture, base my life on scripture, build on scripture? We're gonna get after that, and I think that's a good question. I think that's a fair question. Obviously, there is a lot of disagreement over what it says or what it means. I guess probably more than what it says. There's more disagreement over what it means, but. Um, I think there are good answers to that question. And so we're going to try to tackle those on Sunday. Yep. Perfect. It's going to be great. A uh, lot of other stuff going on. Uh, there's women's ministry stuff kicking off uh, Thursday, which is tomorrow. Uh, if you're listening on Wednesday, uh, today there's 608 tonight. So high school is uh, over at Grace and middle school here at the church. And what else? There's, I mean, there's so many uh, other things. How not to read your Bible is starting yes. off. Um, here in a couple weeks. Rooted is coming Another up. Another Rooted study is coming up. And then our item of the month is uh, leggings, sweatpants, and sweatshirts for Patrick Marsh. That's all I wear. That's right. I just dropped some off yesterday. Perfect. What are leggings? Is that like, girls. like the Lululemon things that everybody Yeah. Uh, wow. That would... Those are expensive ones. Oh. You can buy much, much less expensive. Buy those for options. yourself and buy the cheap <laughs> yeah. ones for the... Okay, uh, right. No. Uh, I wish, I mean, why, why, women could just wear leggings and call it an outfit. Like, guys can't do that. We got to put on, like, jeans and a three-piece suit. And Okay. <laughs> I think it's time to end this podcast. Do they make yeah. leggings for men? Like, do they make, I John, you would so. know you're a fashion guy. No. I'm sure they, they do. Don't make, like, I think the closest think we get are joggers. Oh, yeah, yeah that makes like sense. You joggers are the closest. Yeah. 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 All right. If you guys want to donate joggers to me, that'd be great. Uh, All right. Thank you so much for joining us. We will see you this coming weekend for the next installment of Deconstructing Together. And from all of us behind the scenes, stay stay bonus, bonus, Heartland. John, you missed it again. Thanks for listening to the Bonus Content Podcast. We'll see you this Sunday at Heartland, either in person or online. And we'd love to hear from you. Drop us a review or send us an email with any comments or questions, and you'll receive a special shout out on the next episode. Also, head to our website, weareheartland.us, for all the information on things going on in and around Heartland. Otherwise, we'll see you on the next episode of the Bonus Content Podcast.